the aim, as I would describe it, of devotional reading is to kindle delight in our hearts and to give us fuel, give us substance to meditate on as any given day unfolds. Welcome to Working with the Word, a currently bi-weekly podcast designed to equip you with the skills and confidence for deeper daily Bible study. I'm Jeff O'Rear. And I'm Emerson Brown. Thank you for tuning into the 84th episode of Working with the Word. As in the previous two years, we're slowing things down in the months of November and December by releasing episodes every other week focusing on a topic related to Bible reading or Bible study. This year's Final Four series will feature interviews with Jason Harden, Jacob Hudgens, Deanie Ward, and Mark McCrary, all on the subject of reading the Bible devotionally. Today, we're releasing our conversation with Jason Harden, who especially emphasizes our need to delight in and meditate on God's Word. We know you'll enjoy and learn from Jason in today's episode. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff O'Rear with my co-host Emerson Brown from Working with the Word. Today, we have our guest for our final four series before the end of this year. Jason Harden lives in southeastern Indiana with his wife, Shelly, their three daughters, and a vicious miniature Yorkie. He currently works at the Charlestown Road Church of Christ, and he is a fan of photography, mountains, trees, trails, buckeyes, hobbits, and wookies. He co-hosts the Heaven Bound podcast with Roger Shausch. And you can follow Jason's writing through his blog, In God's Image, a variety of workbooks, and books like Hello, I'm Your Bible, and Open My Eyes, The Daily Search for Wonderful Truth, Volume 1, and others as well. We're excited to talk with Jason about devotional Bible reading and know that he'll have some encouraging insights for us. Jason, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate you and, and the podcast, and it is great to be able to have a conversation with you. Yeah, we always begin with our why question. It's always important to begin with kind of asking ourselves what what's motivating us. And so we want to just kind of broadly begin with what and why. What exactly does devotional reading and study mean? I want to begin with just a quick quote from David Maxson. Devotional Bible study is the process of reflecting on a few verses or a passage of scripture and making a personal application. Devotional reading in some ways, differs from systematic reading, where systematic reading seeks to understand the Bible as a whole. Devotional reading seeks to understand an individual book or passage. So when we're talking about devotional reading, what does that mean, and how would you kind of unpack that further? Yeah, what a great question. And um, as I think about that idea, what naturally comes to my mind is Psalm 1. So foundation, uh, foundational to the rest of the Psalms, I would argue so foundational to the health of a child of God. Of course, it, it begins Psalm 1, verse 1, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Uh, There is definitely something to this idea of of systematic 
inductive study, like, like you mentioned. But as I think of more devotional reading, uh, those two words from verse 2, Psalm 1, really leap off the page for me. Delight and meditation. Um, the aim, as, as I would describe it, of devotional reading is to kindle delight in our hearts and to give us fuel, give us substance to meditate on as any given day unfolds. Yeah. What, you want to talk about that idea of meditation a little bit more? Because yeah. as Americans, we don't typically use that idea outside yeah. of maybe just a religious context. But what, what is that idea? Yeah, well, and even as Americans, I'm afraid that the idea of meditation maybe is tainted for us by Eastern religions, the idea of, you know, sitting down on the ground with your legs crossed and maybe, you know, your your middle finger and your thumb touching and, you know, <laughs> kind of humming to yourself and and trying to empty your mind. But that is not meditation as God describes it in the Bible. Meditation is filling your mind and then allowing your mind to, let, let's say, mentally chew. And so if you begin the day at some point early on in the day, let's say, by reading Psalm 1, for instance, and delighting in that. It's not purely just an intellectual exercise. It's not simply a box to check, well, I got that done and now I'm going to turn on Sports Center and really get into, you know, what I what delights me. Um, if that's the case, I probably have a pretty good delight deficiency that is going to um, not give me the health that I need as a disciple of Jesus. And so, Maybe early on in the day, let's say reading Psalm 1, if it takes jotting something down from that like verse 2 on a piece of paper or a little journal, uh, making a note in my phone, whatever it is, returning to it off and on throughout the day and just chewing on that, turning it over in your mind. I'm afraid one of the things that keeps us from doing that is how much noise we willfully pump into our mental space. Uh, a lot of us don't like silence. Silence intimidates or, or unnerves us. And so, you know, when we're getting ready, we'll turn the television on and we're not even listening. It's just background noise. And when we're driving in the car, we're, we're constantly listening to something. Now I've, I'm a podcast guy. I, I love podcasts. And so I do a lot of podcasts listening in the car or mowing the grass or whatever it is. But in order to do what Psalm 1 is describing, we do need to have those times where we shut the noise out. If every minute of the day has some sort of background noise, meditation is probably going to be one of the things that suffers. And as a result, then I would argue that delight isn't going to be what it could be. And so this is a whole ball of wax, I'm afraid, that, uh, that really revolves around our hearts and the health of our hearts. 
that probably relates to just the thought of when we talk about delight, we talk about like, okay, I'm going to read a passage of the Bible. I'm going to force myself to just smile at the end of that. I mean, that <laughs> that's probably not the delight that is being talked about there, right? No, no. And I think the Psalms are a great place to demonstrate that they're, I love the book of Psalms. And one of the reasons is you can have, if you're reading from a paper Bible, you can have on the left side of the page, David, for instance, basically saying, God, everywhere I look, there you are. I I see you everywhere. I've set you before me and I just see uh, signs of your love and your your power and your grace all around me. That's the left side of an opening of, uh, of the book of Psalms. And on the right side, you can see the same man at times saying, God, where are you? I, I can't see you. I, I don't know why you're not acting. And what is remarkable to me over and over and over again in these extremes of experience is David works his way. Uh, a lot of times it begins in those, those darker moments of life with just being really honest with God. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not a smile on my face. It's not, you know, rainbows and butterflies and, and sunshine. Uh, it can be a really dark moment but you can just watch over the course of 18, 20, 30 verses, David work from God, this is where I am. And it's not good, but this is who I remember you are. This is what I know you have done in the past. And so I choose to trust you. And it sure does seem to me that a lot of times the feelings then will follow the faith that he experiences. And and so there is this move from tough times to because I have meditated on you in the past, I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know you are good and do good, even if right now what I'm experiencing isn't good. And so God, help me. I trust in you. And by the end of the psalm, he may not be smiling with a big old smile on his face, but he has found delightful, solid ground on which to move from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this delight isn't just a, you know, a momentary feeling that can no. fade in and out. It's a deeper love, devotion, commitment to, and I think it's interesting that we're talking about the Psalms here at the beginning, because I think the Psalms really lend themselves to devotional reading because they speak to the things that we go through in life. No doubt. Uh, They, you know, that, that delight would be very similar to uh, Jesus's Beatitudes, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. They, they kind of read like some of the Psalms, right? And I think the Psalms are such powerful devotional material because, I mean, being very general here, we've got basically 65 books of the Bible where God is talking to man. And in the Psalms, again, very generally speaking, we have man talking to God. 
uh, expressing this wide range of emotions. And so, uh, you know, uh, years ago, uh, in the early days of the iPhone, I can remember these commercials, uh, no matter what was going on, there's an app for that. You might remember yeah. <laughs> those commercials. And in a lot of ways, I would suggest whatever it is that you're experiencing in life, there's a song for that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thinking from, you know, it sounds like that it's this thought of wanting to meditate and delight in God, giving us a direction, maybe some thoughts of what we're looking to accomplish in that. Some thoughts of how, you kind of mentioned that there's, in the beginning, you talked there's some differences between maybe an inductive study method or things like that, but just kind of focusing more on approaching the Bible with a devotional mindset, if that's an appropriate way to think about that. Sure. What are some sure. strengths of sure. reading the Bible that way? Yeah, well, it it has the ability, I think, to touch our hearts more than a, a purely intellectual exercise. And of course, anytime you're talking about the heart, um, <laughs> we're diving into deep waters here uh, as far as the Bible describes it. In fact, Solomon says the heart of man is like deep waters. The way that I'm using that and, and the way I, I think that the scriptures use that, it's, it's kind of the wellspring or the fountainhead of who you are. It's the, the source of your feelings and your aspirations, your dreams, your, your goals. It's where your will really begins to be shaped. And so uh, no wonder, for instance, Proverbs 4.23 tells us from it flow the issues of, uh, of life. Uh, th this is where what makes me me originates. And so I love deep, intellectual, rigorous study of the Bible. I think, especially as teachers of God's word, we need to be very careful that we're not grounding what we're studying, what we're preparing, and ultimately teaching. We're not grounding that in our feelings. Um, it, it is easy at times, maybe, especially once you've been teaching or preaching for a while, to figure out what stirs people's feelings. And there's there's nothing wrong with personal connections. There's nothing wrong with heartfelt illustrations or, or heart-tugging stories. Uh, we know at times in the Bible, those sorts of things are used to open up the gates of somebody's heart, if you will. But if all that I'm doing is trying in my, my teaching, uh, my communicating of God's word is, is just to constantly, you know, pluck somebody's heartstrings, I'm afraid we can get to the point where maybe we're emotionally manipulating somebody. And, mm -hmm. and what we're doing as heralds of God's word, as teachers of God's word, it is to be appealing to not just the feelings, but the intellect. We, we want hearts that are pricked, and we want consciences that are informed, and, and minds that are filled where a decision is made from, from the will. This is what I want to do. 
I want a relationship with God. I am alienated from him. And so I, I absolutely, I, I think, especially as teachers, we need to do that rigorous intellectual study because we can't share what we don't know. Mm-hmm. But it, at least for me, this is a dual layer sort of thing. Um, I have been blessed to, to work with local congregations for uh, this, this coming spring. It will have been 25 years. And I can tell you just from my personal experience, if my interaction with the Bible is purely on the level of, okay, I've got a sermon or a couple of sermons to preach this coming Sunday, and I've got a couple of Bible classes that I have to be prepared for, and and we're recording a couple of podcast episodes. And so it is all dictated by the tasks that are all over the Bible, you know, maybe a class on First Samuel and a sermon over here from the book of Acts and so on and so forth. If all of my interaction with God's word is purely driven by those tasks, there is something about that that is not good for my heart long term. I can be prepared. I would hope to to adequately and, and of course, the goal is to excellently teach this class or preach this sermon and yet be withering in a sense, mm-hmm. on the inside. And so what has helped me, in addition to the, those task-oriented opportunities, is to have personal time where I am following just a simple schedule, and I, for me, work my way through the scriptures with the goal of delight and meditation And what I have found is that serves as the fuel pump for everything else. If I don't do that, I can still get by. I've been doing it long enough. I can still get by, but I can feel the the fuel reserves of my heart uh, lacking. And, and when my heart is running on vapors, it's not good for me. It's not good for my marriage. It's not good for my, my efforts as a dad. It's not good for my efforts as a, a friend. And uh, most importantly, it's not good uh, in my vibrant daily connection with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is such a, a good reminder. All three of us are preachers here. And so I think we, we know what that is like to devote ourselves on a daily basis to, you know, preparing our work, our, our jobs, but a lot of our listeners are not preachers. And so for them, what it might look like is maybe just relying on maybe the Sunday morning Bible class, the Sunday morning sermon, have a midweek Bible study and just running on that. Um, that, that might be what it looks like. Those are obviously good things that are provided to help us as Christians and collectively come together, but those also can be just the fumes and, and every single one of us, regardless of what our station in life is, we need that, that daily fuel up that is more than just what we have to get through. If that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I, the, the metaphor might be a little clunky, but I would suggest, you know, if, as you're describing, okay, I've got a Sunday morning Bible class, maybe I've got a good teacher who gave me, you know, something to work through throughout the week, or I've got a Wednesday evening Bible class. I've, I've got these various things that has the ability to make me like a pillar, if you will, in the house of God. And we know that that is a, a powerful metaphor, right? Or a, a living stone, Peter describes this. And so by being in that class, I'm kind of like a pillar in this local church. I'm a pillar in the life of this class. Uh, and, and I've got the opportunity maybe to interact with my fellow pillars. And those are, are good things. But when we give attention to our own individual hearts, our own individual development and, and connection with Jesus, that's where Psalm 1 describes us like a tree right? That is planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Um, what I love about following just a basic methodical schedule through the Bible is I'm allowing God to set the agenda. I'm allowing God to set the pace, if you will. Um, you know, nothing wrong with Bible classes, obviously. I love Bible classes. I teach Bible classes every every week. But generally speaking, the agenda, the pace is set by someone else, right? The teacher, the shepherds in the local church, whatever it is. And there's a there's a place for that. And hopefully they are doing their work of diagnosing, okay, this year, this next year, what what does our church family need? What do we need to dive into maybe a little deeper? All of those things have their purpose. But my personal belief is that cannot be the one and only replacement for this Psalm 1 sort of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Thinking about maybe the, the other side of that then, and you talked about it a little bit already, maybe we can kind of emotionally deceive ourselves. I don't know if that's the right way to phrase it, but sometimes if we think with devotional Bible reading, I'm opening up and I'm just finding something that, you know, if I don't cry at the end of the day, then it wasn't a successful Bible recession. Or if I'm not, yeah. you know, do a, if there's not some type of great response in that way. So there, there could be some dangers in that. There's a, a thought of getting the application maybe sooner than that, but what have you seen maybe in, in your own life or others' lives that just we need to be aware of as we're approaching with this mindset and being careful as well? Yeah, well, I, I really, you cannot improve on the Son of God reaching back to the, the backbone of Israel's identity in Deuteronomy and reminding all of us for all time Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, I, I am pretty sure, I, I mean, there have been times that I've been sick in my life down with, you know, relatively minor bugs, but I'm, I'm pretty sure at 43 years old, there has never been a day that I have not eaten something, um, there, there are days when 
you know, there have been just wonderful, tasty, memorable meals. And there have been days that, you know, it, it has just been enough to get me by. But every single day I have read something. And at, at least for me, that's the way devotional reading is. There are times, I mean, going back to our David example on the left side of a Bible opening, there are times that it just seems to click immediately. That was exactly what I needed. How amazing is it providence or coincidence, whatever it is that that what I read today was exactly what I needed. And I just, it, it just feels like Wow. I mean, this is just flowing in a beautifully, could it be crafted sort of way? I I don't know. But that is not every day by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, every day is not, you know, tender filet mignon and a, a wonderful <laughs> baked potato and just, you know, a mind-blowing cheesecake. Some days are dry toast. and um and that's okay um there are all different kinds of communication in the bible there are all different kinds of moods there are all different kinds of aims within these various genres of the bible and so depending on the schedule or how i'm working my way through there will be days that Okay, I I'm not exactly sure uh, there is really any application to the to to my life for the lives of the people as uh, that I love as I worked my way through you know some of the latter chapters of Judges or First Chronicles or something like that. But His Word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. I need it in my life. And so I would just compare it to my meals throughout the day are are not exactly the same, but I need to eat consistently in order to have long-term health. And there is something too, no doubt, as you work your way through the Bible time and time again, hopefully as you're growing there are sections of the Bible, maybe in your teens, 20s, 30s, that you're like, I don't even know what to do with that. <laughs> but as you continue reading in your 40s, 50s, and 60s, suddenly you realize there is a whole lot more there than I saw uh, at a younger age, a, a younger stage of development. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you may come to that realization, I'm thinking on maybe a little bit more microscopic level but as you as you're reading say in the morning and you you're like well I'm not sure how this applies to me but you get to three o'clock in the afternoon hey all of a sudden I realize as I've been as I've been (laughs) meditating on this or something has happened hey this applies (laughs) and so no doubt being devoted Mm -hmm. to it um, regardless is just a a helpful thing for us it's always going to be applicable whether it's just the knowledge base or if it's something that's going to connect to us. We may not realize that at the time, but later on we might. Yeah. Well, and uh, you mentioned earlier, of course, not by any stretch of the imagination or all of your, your listeners, preachers, but 
I think this applies to everybody. I I don't know how many times uh, I I have read something some morning from the Bible, some section uh, of God's word, and later on that day, I've gotten a phone call or a text or an email from someone who is having a no good, really bad day. And I I cannot even begin to tell you how many times what I read that morning somehow, some way gives me context, gives me the fuel that I need to share what I can to be some encouragement or comfort to them. And that's Mm -hmm. where, uh, you know, I would argue I mean, I I love sports. I I, I love all, all sorts of uh, of things that can easily take my time, and I I, I want to be very transparent. I'm not saying I, I don't ever you know watch SportsCenter or surf ESPN.com or whatever it is. I I absolutely do. But if all that I have equipped myself with from the beginning of the day is just you know that stuff that's going on in the world. And then I have a brother or sister or coworker, neighbor, close friend that has just found out they have cancer or she had a miscarriage or their child is going through a, a terribly difficult time. I need in that moment something to lean on a little more substantial than last night's football scores. And, and that's where this devotional rhythm has really helped me personally. I know maybe through your blogging or I'd imagine probably even long before you were officially blogging or putting out books and stuff like that, you've been doing some writing or kind of journaling or something like that. Some people are, you know, terrified of public speaking. I'm not saying I'm great at public speaking, but I'd rather speak a thousand, you know, public speeches than write two paragraphs. Uh, (laughs) I feel like I really struggle with that craft and I'm just, I'm not good at it, but I know that you've talked before about this and hope you could talk about some now about just the thought of taking the meditation sometimes out of the brain and onto some paper, uh, some values of that, some some things that could help with that. Yeah, I I carry with me in my laptop bag, um, and this this is just wor- what works for me. Um, but I I always have in my laptop bag three books. Um, I, I have my Bible and I have a little journal, but I also have a, a hymnal. And I, I don't know how many years ago it it started, but I have found, for me, one of the things that can jumpstart my morning or, or or whatever it is when I'm I'm getting to this section of, you know, my my day, even before I open my Bible, I will I, I just work my way through a hymnal, and um, I I have found that that really helps me reading one hymn a day. Um, it, it, it kind of serves as an icebreaker for me mm-hmm. before I, I open the Bible. And again, 
sometimes some are, are more relevant than others, but uh, it it is a way, it seems like to me, of awakening my heart. And then I will open my Bible and my journal, and there are times that I don't write anything. Um, and that's okay. I, I mean, I, it is not inseparably tied to my Bible reading, but what I have found as I have an open Bible is if I have a pen and and something to write on handy, sometimes there is some word or phrase that just really jumps out at me. And I want to finish, you know, the Psalm that I'm reading or the chapter in the Gospels or, or whatever it is, but I don't want to miss what leapt off the page at me in that particular moment. And so I'll jot it down and I'll, I'll finish the reading and then I'll come back and I'll just kind of ask myself, what, what is it that sparked in my heart about that today? And, and I'll just start writing and the vast majority of things that I jot down, never see the light of day. It's just an exercise for me and I have found personally, if I write things down, they will stick with me a lot longer, much longer than typing them out or just, you know, tucking it in my head. Hey, I ought to remember that. If I write down a few phrases or a few sentences, uh, as, as Emerson said earlier, you know, I am much more likely at three o'clock p.m. to be able to easily recall what it is that I, I, I wrote down. You know, I, I'm only speculating. I could it be that that's one of the reasons that God, way back in the law, said, you know, as a king ascends to the throne, he needs to sit down and write his own copy of the law. I, mm -hmm. I don't know why God told the kings to do that, but I do know it is an amazing exercise in getting the revealed will of God from a piece of papyrus or a piece of paper into the human heart. And so that has really, really helped me along the way. Mm -hmm. And we're not necessarily telling our audience that they all need to become bloggers or authors of books, but something that could be helpful for them then as they're you know, ultimately looking at that part of delighting and meditating upon God's word, that could be something that's helpful for them. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for me, I those are things I I enjoy writing. In many ways, it's kind of therapeutic for me. And uh, in, in more recent years, a lot of the things that I've been able to share in written form have flown, have flowed from that devotional reading. And so I, um, you know, <laughs> It has never been easier, obviously, for anybody to publish anything, but we need good tools, good books, good reflections on what what matters most. And so I, I hope it's helpful here and there to people. Well, speaking of good resources, you mentioned that you're a, a podcaster. You love uh, podcasts. What, what are some uh, podcasts, not just podcasts, but even just books and writings that you found helpful. Can you share some of the ones that have been beneficial for you? Yeah, I, uh, you know, on the devotional front, um, probably the one that was most foundational for me as I was 
Um, I'm trying to remember the time frame, probably in my early 20s. Uh, Gary Henry's diligently seeking God and then reaching forward. And of course, he has been working on this devotional series. Um, Gary is an amazingly talented writer. He, he's got a, a, a keen ability to take complex things and distill it down into just a single page. And so I can remember, I'm pretty sure in my early 20s, getting my, my first copy of Diligently Seeking God and um, how refreshing that was to me and, and helpful that was to me, showing me a different kind of approach. I mean, I, I had a variety of resources, some basic commentaries and, uh, you know, uh, systematic books looking into various areas of God's word. But I think that was uh, Diligently Seeking God was the first book that really got me on the wavelength of, hey, if I focus on one, let's, let's call it devotional thought a day, that fuels up my heart in a little different way than you know, some of these other more analytical tools that have their place for sure. But mm -hmm. um, it's also very, very, very valuable. Um, as far as other, I mean, I listen to a wide range of, of podcasts, some of them religious in nature, some of them, I, I love history. It, it, it sure does seem to me like we need balanced diets of a variety of things. I can always tell when it's been a little too long since I've read fiction. Um, <laughs> you know, I, especially during the summertime on vacation, I, I think fiction absolutely has its place just in, in kind of giving us some mental space to breathe. And so on the podcast side of things, I, I listen to a wide variety of things, listen to sermons of, of friends and mentors, uh, listen to podcasts like yours, balancing the Christian life, thing, th things like that, that uh, allow me to, to just listen in on uh, how others are processing the life of discipleship. And so you know, I, I know you're not telling your listeners, okay, this is the one size fits all by, by any <laughs> right. stretch of the imagination, but we are blessed in, in, at this point in time to have so many resources. I mean, even on the Bible reading front, um, you know, I have on my phone, of course, the ESV app, and I can listen to uh, Kristen Getty in this beautiful Scottish accent reading the Bible for free, or uh, the Dwell app uh, is is a, a great resource. It's a it's a small paid app, but they've got all sorts of listening plans. Um, it has never been easier to get quality content in front of your eyes and in your heart. We ought to be very thankful for what we have. Mm -hmm. I'm tempted to, I know that you've read the wisdom pyramid and see how maybe yeah. that fits into that. I don't know if we can do that succinctly or not, but how, how some of that stuff that Brett McCracken talks about in that book relates to, you talk about kind of the balance within some of that. Yeah, that, that book was one of the best books that I read last year. And um, 
It, it borrows from the food pyramid. I, I think now maybe the FDA has moved beyond the pyramid, but th that's yeah. what I grew up with, of course. Um, and McCracken's idea is, okay, at the very bottom of that needs to be the Bible and then the local church and then moving up nature and beauty and then good books and then the internet and at the very top social media. And so as you can imagine that pyramid, the wide base is the Bible and the church and then, you know, just nature getting out and seeing the lilies of the field, the birds in the heavens, things like that, that, that put things in perspective. The problem, of course, that, that McCracken diagnoses, and I've, I've seen it in my own life, seen it in the lives of others, is we can very easily get that inverted. Just like mm -hmm. in, in our physical diet, you know, if you live on ice cream and French fries as the base of your diet, you can do that for a little while, but it's probably not going to serve you very well for very long. Well, if social media and the internet is the base of my ingestion uh, as a created being, that's not going to serve me very well. And so, yeah, that was a, a powerful reminder, the Wisdom Pyramid by, by Brett McCracken on um, the importance of our heart diet. I, I know I've talked a lot about that today, but that to me is so critical for disciples of Jesus in the 21st century. Absolutely. Yeah. And it made me think about when we were talking earlier about meditation, how maybe as people in the West, we do kind of the biblical thought of meditation of filling up our minds. We just don't do it with the type of things that what God is really encouraging us and calling us to do. And I think some of that yeah. was kind of reflected within that particular book. That was kind of an aside there at the moment from some of that, but it made, it jumped out to me there in that particular spot. Uh, we want to take a moment now to talk about uh, earlier this year, I believe it was one of your more recent books, Open My Eyes, is published. Um, categorize it somewhat in that devotional category. I hope that's not yeah. an incorrect place about the <laughs> categorization of that. Just tell us a little bit about uh, that book and kind of the thought process of what's behind it and what you're hoping to help encourage people with. Yeah, no, it, it, it very much devotional in nature. I, I think the, the basic schedule of Bible reading that I have followed probably started right around 2008, if I remember correctly. And it has really been driven by the life of the local church that I've been working with. I, I was blessed to work for 10 years in Columbus, Ohio, with the Laurel Canyon Church of Christ prior to moving over to Southern Indiana and working with the Charlestown Road Church. But since right around 2008, um, we have just followed this basic flow and uh, we publish a calendar. It just perpetually rolls where every Sunday and Wednesday we read from the Psalms and we we try and explain the why, the way we were talking about earlier. We, we describe that as we're reading the Psalms to lift our hearts in worship and provide midweek refreshment. And then Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, we read a chapter from the New Testament, 
to fix our eyes on Jesus, reminding ourselves what it means to be his disciple, and a chapter from the Old Testament to expand our, our knowledge of God's great plan to save mankind. And so Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, one Old Testament, one New Testament chapter. And then each Saturday, we read a chapter from the, uh, the book of Proverbs to grow in wisdom. And so for what is that? Uh, going on 15 years, um, that has been my uh, personal rhythm and it is the rhythm that uh, we have really tried to, to encourage um, the members of, of those churches that I've been working with to go through. And as a result of publishing them on the church's website and on my personal website, uh, it's always been super encouraging to me that there are people far and wide um, who follow along with that. Um, I'm I'm recording from Memphis, Tennessee today. I'm I'm blessed to be in a gospel meeting, and I had no idea. But on Sunday morning, uh, one of the the brothers got up and said uh, he doesn't know it, but I've been following along with this Bible reading program with Jason for uh, I don't know how many years. And I was just blown away that you know through the the, the power of the internet, uh, that was a, a valuable resource in his life. That has been the rhythm. And, um, you know, here and there, as time allows, I try, I certainly can't do it every day, but I, I try here and there just to share with our church family and by extension, you know, on, on my website and social media here and there, hey, this is what stood out to me today. You know, it's not the end all be all of uh, if we were reading Isaiah 36, you know, this is not a mm -hmm. commentary entry on Isaiah 36, but this is a word or phrase or idea that stood out to me today. And, uh, you know, I've, I've been doing that for years and years, and I'm getting to that point in life where I'm really starting to think about, okay, my girls are old enough. They're, they're not going to be in our home forever. They're, they're, on getting closer and closer to the doorstep of, uh, you know, spreading their wings and flying uh, out of our nest into their their own adult lives. And I have been thinking more in recent years, well, what can I do that will continue, hopefully, to be an influence to them wherever it is that they are? And um, so that was kind of the genesis of this little project. Um, I appreciate you bringing it up. The the Open My Eyes book is volume one in, in hopefully what will be a series that we've just called The Daily Search for Wondrous Things. And they are, are just basic reflections, usually page and a half, two pages, somewhere around there. Following that basic flow, you know, on Sunday, uh, it, it's a reflection from the Psalms, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, something from the Old Testament, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays a reflection from the New Testament. And I, I guess kind of the slightly unique approach to it uh, that I had with the publisher was it doesn't have a January 1st or a February 2nd, you know, mm -hmm. date attached to it. It's purely Sunday. It's week one, Sunday through Saturday, week two, Sunday through Saturday. And so it can be picked up at any point in time but it has various touch points throughout the Bible and hopefully gives people certainly not a replacement for Bible reading. I hope that has come through loud and clear <laughs> throughout our conversation, 
but but hopefully it is just a little spiritual vitamin that bridges the gap between okay i read some some portion of god's word how does this apply to everyday life that has been the aim and really like i said from a selfish point of view i've written it primarily with my daughters in mind uh, <laughs> but was thankful to the ward publishing for picking it up and we're working on volume two should be hopefully out either the end of this year or early 2023 cool we're excited to hear that and definitely encourage our audience to to look into that if they're interested as well so we usually ask a few questions at the end to all of the people that we interview these are questions that we like to pick your brain on. And the first of these is a question that kind of sparked our podcast in the very beginning. We kept hearing this phrase, deeper Bible study, and we wanted to figure out what that means and looks like. So for this moment right now, what what does deeper Bible study mean to you, Jason? Yeah, I, when I hear that phrase, what immediately comes to my mind is this beautiful encouragement in Hosea 6. Hosea is just a heartbreaking book, but a a beautiful book (laughs) at the same time. I mean, God's people have moved so far away from him and find themselves in, in such a dark hole. And I love how in Hosea 6, verse 3, Uh, God through the prophet says, let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going out is sure as the dawn will come to us as the showers, as the spring rains that water the earth. Um, These people had moved a far, long ways away from God. God hadn't moved. They had moved. But even in the darkest of situations, The antidote, the prescription is we have to know God. And so when I think of deeper Bible study, that's what comes to my mind. Let us press on to know the Lord. And he is anxious to be found. He is refreshing to have this relationship with. And so my my definition of the aim of, of deeper Bible study is to know the Lord that is good. I love that. Yeah, that's good. If you had to, as of, we're recording this at the end of September, at the end of September, your favorite Bible book, or your favorite book of the Bible, I should say. Oh, man. And that's that's going to be a difficult question at times, but just what comes to the front of your mind? Yeah. Um, well, I, I've talked a lot about the Psalms, and so it, it, it very well may be the Psalms. Um, there, there is such refreshment and perspective there. Um, I'll, I'll land on that. You know, if, if you gave mm-hmm. me two um, and, and I, <laughs> I had a New Testament one, we just recently in, in our, our daily Bible reading passed again through Revelation and Revelation is so challenging, um, but the more that I read it and the more I wrap a, my mind around uh, this big mural, if you will, that God is is painting from beginning to end, um, 
so much encouragement to be found in that last book of the Bible. What whatever you're going through, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whomever you are, the last couple of years have probably been kind of tumultuous, and <laughs> and at times you you have felt like you know the uh, the the sand is shifting beneath you. But um, that last book of the Bible on our most recent read through really, really, really spoke powerfully to me. Again, currently, who is your favorite Bible character? And our qualifications, you can't say the Lord. Um, It'd be somebody else. All right. Um, Wow, these are good questions. Um, You know, I I don't know if you have ever taken these little goofy, you know, personalities of the Bible tests here and there that, you know, I, I don't know how in the world. Uh, how accurate they are, but it seems like every time I take one of those, uh, it comes back as Paul. And uh, I, I'm a very analytical thinker. I'm a very structured thinker. I, you know, as I'm mapping out Bible class material or a sermon or whatever it is, I, I, I'm a very, you know, point A to point B to point C sort of thinker. And so, um, as far as his logic and his way of making an argument, um, the Apostle Paul most certainly resonates with me. You know, the the more I, I think about favorite books, I mean, I, I do think there is something to calling the book of Romans probably the greatest letter ever written. So probably Paul, I'll, I'll no. go with him. So many, that that's a tough question, yeah. but I'll, I'll land yeah. on Paul. There you go. All right. The uh, the ability we have here isn't necessarily important, but there's a hypothetical situation where you and your family have been able to move from southeastern Indiana to either Kashyyyk or the Shire. So you need to oh pick my. one of those for be your permanent home for the rest of your life with your family. All right. So, you know, for for people who aren't nerds like me and apparently you, um, you know, <laughs> Kashyyyk is the home of Wookiees in the, the the Star Wars universe and the Shire. Uh, that That's easy for me, uh, the Shire. You know, uh, Tolkien's whole uh, universe captivated me a long time ago. And uh, the the more that I read it, um, I, I feel like I can make a, at least an argument. It may not be a convincing argument, but at least an argument that... Uh, his overall story may be the best story ever told outside of the Bible. And so, uh, yeah, the Shire for me, for sure. Well, there you go. I, just reading some of that stuff from the introduction. I don't know how someone who can like hobbits and mountains at the same time. I'm not super into <laughs> Tolkien's work. Those seem like two contradictory things, but I guess uh, humans as complex peoples can like opposites at the same time as well. That's right. That's there right. You go. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jason, for being with us today. I know I was encouraged, and I know our listeners are going to get a lot of encouragement, things to think about for for them, encouraging us to get into our Bibles more and to know the Lord better. So thank you very much, Jason. Well, I appreciate it and appreciate what you guys are doing. I mean, it is so encouraging to me, the number of guys my age and especially a little younger who are leveraging technology for good. Um, You know, I mentioned Paul a moment ago. I cannot begin to imagine uh, how excited Paul would be if he had 
the technology that is allowing us to connect from Tennessee to Indiana to Texas and talk in real time. I mean, can you imagine what that would mean for Paul and Timothy and Barnabas uh, and how they would leverage it for good? And so I'm not Paul and you're not Barnabas or Silas or Timothy, but um, it is so refreshing to see guys who have hearts, guys and and girls as well, who have mm-hmm. hearts for using technology to get good news uh, into the minds and hearts of people all over the world. So keep up the good work. Well, thank you. We appreciate that very much. So, and thank you again for your time, Jason. Take care. My pleasure. Emerson, what was your one thing from our conversation with Jason today? I really liked how Jason spent a lot of time talking about the Psalms, and that stuck out to me because I think the Psalms are a part of my Bible reading and study that has been lacking for quite some time. And I really love the Psalms, but sometimes I struggle reading the Psalms because they sound very repetitive, and sometimes I'm reading a Psalm that doesn't really reflect what's going on in my life right at that moment. But I think I was just encouraged to spend more time in the Psalms and to expand my ability to read and understand and connect with the Psalms. So I think I'm going to be spending more time there. As he said, there's the Psalms are really good devotional material. So Mm -hmm. I think that's my one thing I'm going to take away from this is just to love and, and spend more time in the Psalms. What about you? My one thing was related to the fact that, you know, starting your day, there's no like one rule that says you have to do your devotional reading in the morning, but starting your day with, as he talked about, you know, whether it be with a hymn and then doing some reading or just doing some reading early on, how that can be helpful, especially as things may come throughout your day as it relates to things you'll encounter or even kind of more weighty on my mind is as other people are maybe looking for help or for encouragement Having a, a proper mindset, especially if something happens early on in the day or at some point in the day to be ready to help other people, I know that I need to make sure I'm prioritizing my own relationship and, and make sure I'm focusing on my relationship with God, but also think about that that second consequence or effect of this can help me help others in very unexpected times as well, and I want to be prepared to do that the best that I can. And so we want to encourage you as our listeners, what was your one thing? What piece of advice or what motivation or what did he give to you today that will help you in your study of God's Word? Thank you for tuning into Working with the Word today. Our next episode will continue the conversation of reading the Bible devotionally with Jacob Hudgens. We hope you'll tune in for that episode as well. If you want to find out a little more about Working with the Word, you can find and reach out to us on Facebook at Working with the Word on Instagram at workingwiththeword.podcast, or send us an email to workingwiththewordpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word, workingwiththewordpodcast at gmail.com. So until next time, may you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity.